listening to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. This is Choo Choo Stew from the Cave Crew Radio, and you're listening to Alex Cardinelli on the American Variety Network. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. Hello, fish keepers! Welcome to the Aquatic Wetline, a fish-keeping podcast hosted by a young, energetic fish-keeper for the fish-keepers. I'm your host, Aqua Alex Cardinelli. I'd like to start off by saying thank you so much for tuning into this Saltwater Friday show. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Tonight, on the Aquatic Wetline, we're going to do our saltwater show. Now, I'm going to do a saltwater lecture tonight. I'm going to think of this as a saltwater class. Although I am not an expert by any means, I am actually a saltwater beginner because I've been in saltwater for less than a year. So, folks, please understand that I am not an expert. I am not trying to pretend to be a know-it-all. I'm just a dude who happens to love fish, and I love talking about some of the things that I've experienced with the saltwater fish in the aquarium hobby. That is all I am doing on this show. You know, I love chatting fish, and that's the purpose of my show, The Aquatic Wetline, and I cannot wait to talk about saltwater fish on this saltwater lecture. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that this show is going to be all ad-lib, so please bear with me if I change subjects quickly or if I go off topic, but I figured that would be a very good listen for you, all right? Now, if you are a freshwater fish keeper and you have been considering entering into the world of saltwater, this show should be very beneficial for you because I plan on giving out some good information. I have been a freshwater hobbyist for over 10 years, and I was scared at one point to join the saltwater hobby. I remember hearing many myths and rumors about the saltwater hobby being really difficult and and it being very expensive. But I'm going to clear up some myths and rumors tonight. I'm going to give you the truth about these myths and rumors, and I will tell you if saltwater is really difficult and if saltwater is really expensive. Now, I've got about five or six topics that I want to cover tonight. The first is 
what I like about salt water. The second is, is salt water for the beginner hobbyist? The third is, is salt water really difficult and is salt water really expensive? Can you keep salt water on a budget? The fourth, I want to talk about what I did wrong with my first saltwater aquarium, and I want to teach you my mistakes so you can prevent them happening to you. The fourth thing I want to talk about tonight is the many different kinds of saltwater aquarium setups. And last but not least, I'm going to talk about some of the best saltwater fish and invertebrates for beginners. You know, this sounds like a very fun show for me to host, and it should be a very good listen for you. I think I'm also going to do a freshwater version of this show possibly next Friday. All right, so let's go ahead and begin. I'm going to start by discussing what I like about saltwater. You know, there is a lot of things I like about saltwater, but the first thing I like about saltwater is the variety of fish that are out there. There are a lot of saltwater fish, and most of the saltwater fish are very colorful. We have the famous clownfish that has ocellaris clowns, percula clowns, maroon clowns, tomato clowns, and so many other wonderful species of clownfish. Clownfish are a very hardy fish, and I happen to like clowns. My personal favorite clownfish species are the gold striped maroons, the black and white ocellaris clowns, and also the tomato clownfish. There's also tangs. We've got blue hippo tangs, a.k.a. Dory, because Finding Dory came out this week. Uh, blue hippo tangs are a very nice fish. I like them. There's the orange shoulder tangs. There's the yellow tangs. The scopus tangs. The Achilles tangs. So there's a lot of uh, many different varieties of tangs. We can't forget about gobies. Gobies, there's a wide variety of gobies in the saltwater hobby. The yellow watchman, the diamond gobies, the pink spot gobies, all of them are very... Another reason I like saltwater is a lot of the fish have wonderful personalities. Hawkfish, like the flame hawk, the arc eye, and the long nose, they have wonderful personalities. They like to perch on live rock and coral. And the funny thing about hawkfish is they actually don't have a swim bladder, so they have to hop around the aquarium. And that is pretty funny. Hawkfish are actually uh, kind of goofy. One of my favorite saltwater fish species is the triggerfish. Clown triggers, Niger triggers, Picasso triggers, Blue Jaw triggers. All these different kinds of triggers, they certainly have their own personalities. My personal favorite kind of trigger is the Picasso triggerfish. Puffers! 
they have their own personalities, especially the dog face puffers. Many people refer to them as the aquatic version of a puppy. I happen to agree. The porcupine puffers are very, very beautiful. So I like that Saltwater offers a lot of colorful fish and also personality that you wouldn't find too much of in a freshwater aquarium. The next thing I like about saltwater is that it presents a challenge. A challenge that you wouldn't find in a freshwater aquarium. A challenge that could be very rewarding if you take care of your saltwater aquarium right. Now, if you put your time, your love, and your care into your saltwater aquarium, you are going to have a masterpiece that you can show off to your friends and your family, and I can guarantee it, it's going to be an awesome tank for you. Another reason I love saltwater a lot is because I love going to the beach. I love uh, going inside the ocean the ocean water. So in my house, I get to have a piece of the ocean. Not just an ocean in the United States of America, but I've got fish from all around the world that live in oceans across the world. I really, really like that. Now as a kid, I used to do a lot of research about some of the fish species that live in the ocean. And right around the time when the first Finding Nemo came out, that's when I found out about clownfish and blue hippo tangs and all the sort of, of uh, livestock that live in the ocean. So I've been studying saltwater for a very, very long time. And I'm living my dream because now I have a saltwater aquarium. It's always been a childhood dream of mine to have a saltwater tank, and I am finally living that dream. So those are just some of the reasons that I personally like saltwater. And one of the other reasons that I can remember off the top of my head that I like saltwater is because... A family member of mine, they used to have a stunning saltwater display tank, and I always idolized that tank, and I always wanted to create one just like that aquarium. So that is why I like saltwater. Listeners, I'd love to hear why you like saltwater. Please feel free to post on our fan page, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast, on Facebook, why you like salt water, and I will read all your responses and comment. So feel free to interact and post on our page why you like salt water. So, moving along to our next topic. Is salt water a good hobby for beginner fish keepers? You know, I have to think long and hard about that topic because there are a lot of components to think about when you're talking about salt water. So, 
if this is a person that is brand new to the aquarium hobby and they have never ever had a freshwater aquarium before I would probably say your best bet would be to first start off with a freshwater aquarium because you have to learn how to maintain an aquarium properly and you have to learn how to test for pH, ammonia, and nitrates because in a saltwater aquarium you have more than that but at least with freshwater you learn about water chemistry so I will say no if this is a beginner that is new to the aquarium hobby no they probably should not enter the saltwater hobby unless they are having someone uh, look after their tank or help guide them. Like up here in Massachusetts, we have a business called um, Blue View Aquatics that is run by a good friend of mine. His name is uh, Josh Rodriguez. He'll actually come by, clean your aquarium, help you set it up, and uh, test your water parameters. And I know if you were in Mass and you are brand new to the aquarium hobby and you wanted a saltwater aquarium, Blue uh, view Aquatics, Josh Rodriguez would be more than happy to help you out. So I just gave a shameless plug to my buddy, uh, Josh Rodriguez. You're welcome, by the way. So, like I said, if you are brand new to the hobby uh, and you really wanted a saltwater aquarium, I would uh, look for an aquarium service that offers tank setups and does maintenance for you, I'd head to my local fish store and uh, seek advice there. If you are brand new to the aquarium hobby and you want a saltwater tank, do research first. Research is your best friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in 2016. We are in the era of technology. We all have smartphones. We all have laptops. We all have tablets. We all have computers. Put them to use. Go to Google and research the basics of setting up a saltwater aquarium as my first aquarium. Now, now that I've said that, what if you were a freshwater fish keeper for so long and you want to have your very own saltwater tank? Can a person who has kept freshwater for a period of time have a saltwater aquarium? Well, the answer to that is simple because I have had freshwater and now I am keeping saltwater pretty damn well. I've had a few mistakes, but I've overcome them, and I am doing rather well right now. Now, if you had fresh water for, let's say, six months to a year or more, or more, you probably understand the basics of water chemistry. And you really need to understand that about salt water, because in salt water, you're not just testing for the pH, the ammonia, the nitrates or the night rights, you're also testing for salinity. So you're going to have to uh, be able to test your water frequently and also uh, be able to test your salinity very, very well and very much. Now, with that being said, yes, if you had a freshwater tank for a while, you could enter the saltwater hobby. You must realize, though, 
You do need a lot more equipment than you do for a freshwater aquarium because you're going to need to take the stand, you're going to need live sand, you're going to need some sort of rock, you can use live rock, or you can use what they call base rock, which is dry rock that eventually is going to turn into live rock when all the bacteria grows on it. You're going to need a protein skimmer, you're going to need a UV sterilizer, you're going to need a hydrometer or a refractometer. Now a hydrometer is something that tests your salinity and it usually is not that accurate. Uh, a lot of people in the old days use a hydrometer, but nowadays people use refractometers, and they are much more accurate and better. You're also going to need salt mixes. You're going to need salt when you fill up your tank. You're going to need salt every time you do a water change, and salt is pretty expensive, all right? Uh, and it's probably pretty much one of the biggest aspects of the saltwater hobby because it's salt water after all and you need to keep salt in your water for your fish to be very very healthy you're going to need food and you're also going to need a good light sometimes a freshwater light will not cut it in a saltwater aquarium the only time you can get away with a freshwater light is if you're going to do a fish only with live rock system other than that you're going to have to get a better light you're also going to need a heater and a filter so once you got all of your equipment that I just mentioned you're going to have to cycle your tank by adding your uh, live sand and your rock and um, your salt and your water and you have to let your tank cycle for at least a month or two to build up the beneficial bacteria and then you can start adding your fish slowly one or two at a time so my biggest advice for anyone that is entering into the saltwater hobby from freshwater is take your time. You cannot rush things in the saltwater hobby as you would in freshwater. You cannot set up a tank and begin adding fish right away. You've got to take your time and you've got to wait. Saltwater, like I've learned, is like a piece of art. Artwork does not happen magically. It takes time, it takes work, and it takes a lot of patience. And you have to have that in this aspect of the aquarium hobby. But if you learn to have that, the reward is going to be a very, very good one. Now, some people say that saltwater is very different than freshwater. I say... It is somewhat different, but it still is keeping an aquarium, and it still is aquarium fish and aquarium hobby. I think it is somewhat similar to freshwater in regards of water changes, tank maintenance, and feeding of the fish. However, water changes are very, very different. You cannot simply drain water out of your saltwater tank and place fresh water back into the tank. You have to mix salt with your water before you do a water change. And 
Water is a big issue in the saltwater hobby. Some people will tell you you have to use RO water, which is a very, very costly adventure in the saltwater hobby. And some people tell you it's very dangerous to use tap water. However, I personally use tap water with a tap water conditioner. You see, I live in Springfield, Massachusetts, and I'm very lucky that our water is very, very pure and very clean. Uh, but if you live in a small town or a city and you got crappy water or you're not sure on the quality of your water, I personally would recommend to use distilled water or get an RO unit. Now, I'm speaking as a person that does mostly fish only with live rock. And I can't speak for those who have reef tanks, but I'm pretty damn sure if I had a reef tank, I would be using RO water because I don't want to risk losing any corals. So if you are interested in getting corals and reefs and stuff like that, I would say use uh, RO water. Now, personally... If this is going to be your very first saltwater tank, I would recommend going fish only because some of the corals and the inverts like the anemones and the clams are very, very delicate and should be kept by experienced saltwater hobbyists. So if this is your first saltwater tank, I would recommend a fish only with live rock system. That's why I started off with fish only, and I'm pretty sure as I gain more experience in this saltwater hobby, I eventually will have a reef tank. But for now, I am certainly enjoying the uh, fish only with live rock system. Another piece of advice I'd have for somebody that is coming to the saltwater side from the freshwater hobby is to listen to saltwater folks who have experience in the saltwater hobby because they have more experience than you and they could teach you a thing or two. Make sure you do your research as well because saltwater is one of those things that um, can be a hit or a miss. For those that is a miss, it's because they did something wrong and they did not research anything at all. So I must stress to you that research is very important in the saltwater hobby. I cannot stress that enough. And I think one of the reasons I had my biggest mistakes is because I did not do any particular research. Now, Another thing that you need to do in a saltwater hobby that you really didn't have to do in a freshwater hobby, you can get away with out doing it in a freshwater hobby, but in a saltwater hobby, you can't. You've got to quarantine any new arrivals for saltwater because if you don't, it could be a very costly mistake. You could lose thousands of dollars on fish, reefs, corals, etc., 
So quarantine is very important in the saltwater hobby. Take it from me because I lost $675 of fish because I did not quarantine. You've got to quarantine in the saltwater hobby to have a healthy, successful aquarium. So that means you've got to set up another aquarium and you can just have uh, a bare bottom tank with rock in it for the fish to hide in a saltwater quarantine tank does not have to be uh, really fancy. It's really just serving a purpose to uh, medicate your, your new fish to make sure that they are not sick. They don't have any parasites that can be passed off onto other fish and to make sure they are healthy and that they're going to eat foods that you have and overall to do well in your display tank. So I think I pretty much covered everything a beginner should know about the saltwater hobby. I want to get into the question now, is saltwater really difficult? Because I'm sure a lot of people have heard that myth and that rumor. I've heard it for many years before I even joined the saltwater hobby. My personal take on this situation is that salt water is not extremely difficult. No, 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 no. Salt water is not that difficult to take care of. However, however, it does require a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of commitment. So if you've got a job that requires you to work seven days a week, 24-7, or let's say you don't have too much time to take care of a fish tank, then the saltwater aquarium hobby is definitely not for you. You've got to maintain your water levels. You've got to check them every day. You've got to feed your fish daily. You can't skip feedings like you would in a freshwater tank. You've got to make sure your equipment is plugged in and working. You've got to make sure that your salinity is where it needs to be, and that is 1.018 to 1.026. Fish only with live rock is 1.018 to 1.021. A reef system with corals is 1.0 2.4 to 1.028. You always got to constantly check your salinity because you don't want your salinity to increase any higher or decrease any lower because that can cause some serious issues in your aquarium hobby. You got to make sure that your sump is working and your protein skimmer is working and your UV sterilizer is working. That goes along with what I said about your equipment working. And you've also you gotta check and make sure that your fish are healthy. And you also gotta check for evaporation of your aquarium system. Now, when your aquarium does evaporate, then and only then may you add fresh water back into your system. So, to the people that said salt water is difficult and it's really hard, I say, Maybe you consider it to be difficult because you have to put a lot of time, effort, and commitment to it. But if you are somebody that's home constantly, like me, if you are a homebody, then I think you can have a saltwater aquarium with 
great success. I think saltwater tanks are great for retirees or people that are disabled because they are home a lot and they will be able to take care of a saltwater aquarium. All right, moving on to my next topic that I would like to discuss, and that is, is saltwater really expensive? Another rumor that we have heard about saltwater is that it really is expensive. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. That myth and that rumor is actually true. Saltwater is very expensive because your salt mixes are expensive. There are top brands out there like Instant Ocean, Aquaforest, Kent, Coral Pro, and some other stuff. They are very expensive. Uh, a 50-gallon a bag of Instant Ocean is like $15. A big 5-gallon pail, which I believe has about 190 gallons of salt in it, is about... 30 or $40, a 200-gallon box of salt is about 50 So the salt alone is very expensive. The live rock and the base rock is anywhere from 8 to $10 a pound, and you really need about the amount of gallons of pounds of rock in your aquarium. So let's say you've got a 120-gallon tank like I have, you really want about 100 pounds of rock in your saltwater system. Also, the live sand can be very expensive. Um, your UV sterilizers, your protein skimmers, and all of your supplies that you're going to need is very expensive as well. Also, let's talk about the livestock. Some of the livestock can be very expensive. Even a clownfish can be very expensive. Some of the finer, fancier designer clowns can be in the 500 to $1,000 range. And uh, let's not forget about corals. You cannot simply go to a store and buy two or three fish for $20 like you could in freshwater. You can't. I mean, you could buy a couple of damsels or chromis or maybe a blenny for $20, but you're not going to buy uh, an exotic rare fish for $20 like you could in the freshwater hobby. So there is some expense to the saltwater hobby. There's a lot of expense to the saltwater hobby. You've got to get salt frequently. You cannot just buy one bucket of salt and expect it to last you for a long time. Generally, I go through about two to four five-gallon, 190-gallon pails of salt in a month. That is a lot of money, my friends. So if you can't commit money to the saltwater hobby, then I don't think you can be in the saltwater hobby right now. It is really expensive. But can you enter the saltwater hobby on a budget? Absolutely. I entered the saltwater hobby on a budget. I set a budget for my 29-gallon uh, setup. When I first started in the saltwater hobby, I started with a 29-gallon tank. And I had a set budget of $600.
And by the time I finished, when it was all set up and done, I spent $650, $50 more than my original budget. And I, what I got for my saltwater tank was live sand. I've got Care of Sea Life Rock, which is probably one of the cheaper rocks out there. I added a filter. I got a heater. And basically, I got the salt and the livestock. And the livestock is what made it uh, come up to the high price and I had to buy salt every uh, month like three or four times a month and that is also what brought up the price of the 29 gallon tank then I set up a 20 gallon quarantine tank and I had a budget of a hundred dollars and I was able to stay relatively in that budget I was actually shocked that that 20 gallon quarantine saltwater tank only cost me about eighty dollars so I was very excited and for the 120 gallon uh, saltwater display tank I had a budget of, I think it was a thousand dollars, and I ended up right now at nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. So I'm pretty excited about that, uh, and that's because I only had to buy like half of the live rock that I have in my tank now. KFC generously gave me some um, live rock, and I'm very, very thankful for that. And, uh, well, actually not live rock, leaf rock, uh, leaf rock, life rock, which is a rock that is purple to resemble, uh, coralline allergy. And, uh, I really, really am thankful that Kiribati did that. So they gave me some of that, but I ended up buying, like, 120 to 140 pounds of live sand. I bought, um a uh, sump, but it turns out I had to return it because I had no idea how to even uh, make a sump because I was going to put a protein skimmer and a UV sterilizer in there. I'm still going to get a protein skimmer. I'm probably going to get a hang on the back one. And then, of course, I've got all the livestock. I had all the livestock in my when I first rushed into the to the 120 that I bought and of course they all died they lost that money and then I bought my current livestock that I have now that is doing rather rather well so if you have a certain budget and you want a saltwater tank you can certainly do it what I recommend is pick an aquarium that is a good size that you can afford so I recommend going to your local pet stores or your local fish stores and check out all the tanks and look at the prices and see which tank you are interested in. I know that Petco and PetSmart and Pet Supplies Plus sometimes have a dollar per gallon sale. So you could pick up a 55 gallon for $55 or a 29 gallon for $29. Decide on the tank size you want, then get the tank and the stand and the lights and your filter and all the equipment you're going to need for your saltwater tank. Then get your live sand and the rock that you are going to use and the salt, set it up and wait a month. Yes, that's right, wait a month or two. Don't buy anything fish related because if you do that, you're not going to think about uh, spending unneeded money. After a month or two, after you've tested 
your water. By the way, you should buy a API marine or saltwater test kit so that you can test your water. After you tested your water and your ammonia is at zero, your nitrates and nitrites are low, and your salinity is where it needs to be, you can begin adding a fish or two at a time. No more than a fish or two because they're going to increase your bio load, and if you add too many fish too fast, they're going to end up with nothing but dead fish. Add fish one or two at a time a month and that way you'll save money and also be able to enjoy the saltwater hobby and have fun with it. So that's just my personal take on that situation. Now let's talk about what I did wrong as a beginner and the mistakes that I made that were very very costly mistakes my god looking back at it I'm like what a damn jackass I was oh my god I was so irresponsible that I even did this I'm so embarrassed right now folks you guys should come over the computer and punch me right now for these stupid mistakes that I've made. But hey, we all make mistakes. It's important that we all learn from them. So hopefully I, I teach you a lesson that you will never, ever make the same mistakes that I did. So here's what I did wrong. I set up my 120-gallon saltwater tank. I had all the live sands, the carob sea, life rock in it, and I had my filters and my heater, and I had my water in there with the salinity of 1.021, and I let it sit for a month. After the month, I began adding fish. I added a go I added like four fish the first time, and my thinking process at the time was, well, it's a big tank, it can handle the bio load, so I added a uh, gold stripe maroon, a bursa trigger, and two other fish that I don't remember at the time, and then I waited another few weeks, and I got my paycheck, and I went out and had a saltwater fish spending spree. I bought a fox face, a blue jaw trigger, uh, a blue hippo tang, a snowflake eel, and then I ordered my very first yellow belly dog faced puffer, and I believe I even added more fish after that. Man, man, what a beginner mistake I made. My gosh. So what ended up happening after I added all those fish is the fish got stressed because the tank wasn't fully cycled yet and it was so many new fish being added, so much stress, that all the fish eventually got sick. They got velvet because I was so impatient that I added so many fish at one time. And eventually I lost every single fish that I had in that saltwater aquarium. Man, I was so devastated.
I had a lot of serious fish keepers and expert fish keepers out there doubting me, and rightfully so. I'm going to say they're right for doubting me. I made something, I made a mistake that something I know better about, because I would never do that in the freshwater hobby. So for those of you who have doubted me because of that one mistake that I have made in the saltwater hobby, I understand where you are coming from. But I do have to say I learned from my mistake. Mistake. What an idiot. I learned from my mistake, and I will never, ever, ever do that again. And I haven't. I've actually only been adding fish slowly to my 120-gallon tank now. I've added two fish one time, two fish the next, two fish the next, etc. And that's why my fish are doing fine right now. I currently have an Emperor Angel. My brother's got a rectangular trigger in there. There are three fox faces. I added them at the same time because if you want to have the same species in the saltwater tank, you've got to add them at the same time. And I think that's it in there. Oh, there's a manila puffer and a panther grouper. That's it right now. And I'm only going to add a few more fish. So the lesson here is do not rush when adding fish. Do not rush doing anything in the saltwater hobby. When you rush, mistakes are going to happen. And some mistakes can be very, very costly. So please, folks, I'm telling you, for your benefit, do not rush anything. I lost probably three to $400, $500 maybe in February when I did that very, very stupid mistake. So please do not make the same mistake that I did. My friend Jeremy said I made him go from wanting a saltwater tank one day to possibly not with that one mistake that I made. Hopefully uh, Jeremy will change his mind in the future when I'm actually succeeding at saltwater and I think right now I'm getting at that point because now I know never ever to do that again and I'm actually listening to some people who actually have a lot of experience when I had my whole wipeout I went on to many different saltwater groups on Facebook and I began chatting with some of the seasoned saltwater aquarists and they helped me out actually. I was very, very surprised and I'm very thankful to this day. Uh, all the kind people out there that stirred me the right way, they gave me the right information, the right advice that I needed to know. And it helped me out a lot because now I know not to make that very same mistake that I made. So thank you everybody who helped me. And I hope now that I know what I am doing in the saltwater hobby, I can help others. Because I like giving back to the community. When someone does something for me, I want to be able to do something for somebody else. That's a part of the person that I am, and that's why I do these fish shows, because I want to get something back to the aquarium community. Now, I know there are some people that don't like my aquarium shows. They feel that I'm not a, uh expert, which I know I'm not, or they feel I'm not a serious tropical fish keeper because sometimes I do flip and flop fish, but that's how I enjoy uh, my aquarium hobby. 
We all enjoy our aquarium hobby differently. We can't all be the same fish keepers because then it would be boring, right? Don't you guys get my drift of what I'm saying? I keep the fish the, the way I like to keep them. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad fish keeper or I shouldn't be hosting a fish show. But again, that's just uh, some people's opinions that I've heard. And that's okay, because everyone's allowed to have an opinion in the United States of America. But I'm just saying I enjoy doing these fish shows here at American Variety Network, because A, I love tropical fish, and B, I love talking about them. I mean, who does not love talking about uh, tropical fish? Anyways, that was probably the biggest mistake I've ever made in, in my entire fish keeping uh, hobby. I'm not going to call it a career because I'm not getting paid to keep fish, but it's probably the biggest mistake I've, I've ever had in this hobby. All right? And one of the biggest joys I've had in this hobby is this podcast. I love, love aquatic Wetline, and I want to thank each and every one of you who supports me and listens to my show. It is very, very appreciated. I would like to say thank you to the fish keepers that let me post my show in your Facebook group. It really is appreciated. Thank you very much. I am uh, speechless at all the groups that allow me to post my show. Thank you very much, and I'm glad that there are fish groups on Facebook. All right, so we're about 44 minutes into our lecture. Man, I can talk for a long time. But right now, I would like to go ahead and take my first short commercial break. Now, I am lucky to have a lot of fish-keeping endorsers and supporters right here on the aquatic wetline, and we're going to hear from them. My local fish store, School of Fish, Inc., is one of our supporters and endorsers because they've got a great owner, and they've got uh, a great selection of saltwater and freshwater fish. We've also got Hakari. You know, Hakari's got some great food, and there are a few other uh, fish-keeping endorsers that I would like to promote here on a aquatic wetline. So we're going to go ahead and play a few commercials. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not go anywhere. Coming up next, right after the commercials, I'm going to talk about some saltwater setups and some of the best saltwater fish and inverts for beginners. Don't go anywhere, folks. Blue Zoo Aquatics provides saltwater fish hobbyists with quality saltwater livestock and saltwater fish such as clownfish, tangs, puffers, triggers, and more exotic fish, inverts such as shrimp, snails, starfish, and of course corals. You can get quality saltwater livestock shipped straight to your door. Check out Blue Zoo Aquatics at www.bluezooaquatics.com and like our Facebook page. So let us add some blue to your saltwater tank. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, 
Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts and we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Are you a serious tropical fish keeper? Do you currently keep discus cichlids, or are you looking to keep discus cichlids and need to find some quality discus? Why not come to Discus Hans? Discus Hans proudly supplies plenty of American discus hobbyists with quality Stenker discus. The Stenker discus provide fish hobbyists the opportunity to raise show quality discus because Stenker discus can adapt to tap water and even breed in tap water. Discus Hans has helped serve many discus fish lovers with his quality Stenker discus, and you can experience the beauty of Stenker discus from Discus Hans. Discus Hans will ship quality discus cichlids right to your door. Check out Discus Hans at www.discushansusa.com. And to place your order for your very own Stenker discus, check out discusfishstore.com. Hey guys, this is Donovan. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my show, Here for the Fix. I talk about how to become a fish keeper until now, talk everyday fish keeping, and about my favorite fish, African cichlids. So go check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, all together, lowercase, and check out my Facebook, Here for the Fins. Fish Keepers, welcome back to the Aquatic Wetline here on American Variety Network. Tonight I am doing a saltwater lecture, and before our short commercial break, I talked about why I like saltwater, and I also talked about if saltwater is really difficult, if it really is expensive, and I told you guys about my mistake in the saltwater hobby and right now I'm going to talk about the different saltwater setups and the best saltwater fish and invertebrates for 
beginners. So let's get back into it right now. I want to explain to you the different kinds of saltwater setups there are in the saltwater hobby. The first two are actually very similar to each other. The first one is a fish-only aquarium, where it's just live sand and fish only in the tank. There may be plastic plants or some decor from a freshwater aquarium in the tank. This would be the sort of a tank where a freshwater fish keeper would convert his freshwater tank to a saltwater tank. This is a very easy saltwater tank to take care of because you don't have any corals, reefs, or any live rock with the pest in it. So you'd have fish like triggers, puffers, groupers, lionfish, eels, and all your fish that are classified as non-reef safe. Now, generally speaking, the fish-only tanks aren't really as popular as they were back in the old days, but they are still pretty popular. The next, the next best thing for a fish-only tank is what I have. Fish-only with live rock, faller tanks, as they call it, in the saltwater hobby. Now, this tank basically has live sand. It may have live rock or base rock. Now, the base rock could be rocks such as the Carib Sea life rock or any of the varieties of uh, base rock that your local fish store may have. And it will have the same fish that a fish-only tank would have. Again, these would be triggers, puffers, sharks, rays groupers, eels, um, and some of the other uh, non-reef-safe fish. Generally, fish-only tanks and fish-only with live rock tanks are kept at 10.18 to 10.21. So, a very, very low salinity than compared to a reef tank but also very affordable salinity because sometimes when you're trying to get salinity to 1.24 to 1.28, it could be kind of expensive. But that's a fish-only tank, and it's one that I really like. I like the fish-only tank because I get to have a dog-faced puffer, a Picasso trigger. I get to have a grouper and some other interesting uh, fish that I couldn't have in a reef tank. Now, a reef tank is a tank that has corals and inverts like shrimp, lobsters, snails, and anemones, clams, and things of that nature. Now, a reef setup has corals in it as well. Now, a reef setup also has live rock, or you could use base rock in a reef setup as well. Now, the reef setup would generally be in the salinity range of 1.024 to 1.028. The fish selections for a reef setup 
are very limited. You can't have any puffers. You can't have a dog face or a porcupine or any of the anthron species of puffers because they will eat inverts and most likely they will pick at corals. So right off the bat, you probably won't be able to have a puffer. There are a few species of puffers that are uh, reef safe, but with caution. And these puffers would include the blue spot puffer, the Valentini puffer, and the little dwarf saltwater puffer if they're out there. Again, they're reef safe with caution because there's no set in stone rule that these ones won't pick at corals. There's also possibly no triggers that are reef safe, except for maybe a Niger or a pink tail trigger. Um, generally, the Picassos, the Bursas, the Rectangulars, and all the other large triggers will eat inverts and pick at corals. Your large angels, like the king, the emperor angel, is definitely not reef safe. And there's a lot of other cool fish that are definitely not reef safe. However, there are a lot of fish that actually are reef safe out there, like Anthias, like Nemo the clownfish, like Tangs, like Gobies, Hawkfish, Cardinalfish, Pikefish, and some other interesting saltwater creatures. So if you are somebody that likes corals, you like inverts, like shrimp, the fire shrimps, the cleaner shrimps, those are interesting, and the lobsters, and you also like clownfish and the more peaceful fish, a reef tank is for you. However, a reef tank is much harder to take care of as you've got to make sure your water is pristine. Your water conditions are perfect and your salinity always stays perfect. Unlike a fish-only tank, your salinity cannot increase or decrease on a regular basis because it will shock your corals and it will kill your corals and your inverts. Also, you cannot have copper in a reef system. We use copper to quarantine our fish in a fish-only tank, but copper will kill any coral and it will kill any inverts in your system. Also, in a reef system, um, you have to have specialized equipment, so it's a lot more money. A reef tank, a good reef tank with good equipment, will run you thousands of dollars. So this is a investment, folks. This is a really uh, invested part of the hobby. Usually, a good reef tank has been running for a year or so or more because a lot of time, money, and effort goes into a reef tank. That's why uh, the fish stores and the pet stores consider those who keep reef tank serious, serious, serious hobbyists. They spend a lot of money to raise these gorgeous tanks. And reef tanks are absolutely phenomenal looking, but they are phenomenal looking for a reason because you've got to put a lot of time in them. You've got to maintain perfect water quality. You've got to have perfect lighting for corals and things like that. So that's why I'm staying away from a reef tank until I get plenty of experience in a saltwater hobby. Now, if you are a beginner in the saltwater hobby, I personally recommend a fish only or a fish only with live rock 
system. Those are the kinds of saltwater aquarium systems. And those are the tanks that you will see at your fish stores. They generally will have a fish-only section and a reef section where they have the fish that can live in a reef, they have the inverts that can live in a reef, and they also have their corals there. There's also another kind of uh, saltwater system. This is a system that is dedicated just to corals and coral frags. This is called coral frag tanks. The definition is simple itself. Only corals are kept in this tank. And again, the salinity is anywhere from 1.024 to 1.028. And that, my friends, is the different kinds of saltwater uh, systems. The last topic for today's show that I want to talk about is the best saltwater fish and inverts for beginners. I'll start with saltwater fish. Now, a lot of people usually start off their fish selection with damsels. However, I am under the impression that damsels are not the best fish for beginners. Why? Well, because damsels turn out to be territorial, aggressive, little devil runts. I definitely never want any damsels in my tanks anymore. I added two three-striped damsels into my 120 to get it cycling. It turns out they, would, they were attacking a five-inch fox face lull, a trigger, and uh, some other large fish. So, definitely do not recommend damsels. For a beginner, um, unless they wanted a aggressive tank and they're just going to do damsels and other aggressive fish. There is a substitute to damsels that is actually pretty peaceful, pretty cheap, and pretty colorful. They are chromis. There are many kinds of chromis out there. You've got your lemon chromis. You've got your green-blue chromis. You've got your blue reef chromis, which is a more colorful version of a blue chromis. It's got a dark blue color, and it's a very stunning-looking chromis. You've got your black bar chromis and many other different kinds of chromis. All of them are very easy to keep, and I recommend chromis over damsels any day of the week. Cardinal fish are pretty good for beginners. The Bangai cardinals are good. The pajama cardinals are good. I'd recommend getting tank race cardinals if you could, because the Bangai population in the wild is decreasing, and the last thing you want to do is take Bangai cardinals from the wild and put them in our tank. So let's try and get tank race cardinals if we can. Gobies are a great beginner fish. They are very easy to take care of. The yellow watchman goby is fine for beginners. A pink spot watchman goby is fine for beginners. Um, pretty much any goby is fine for beginners. I would be very careful of a diamond watchman goby because they actually eat some of the live stuff that is in sand and they need to be in a tank that is established. So unless your tank is six months to two years old, I would uh, stay clear of a uh, diamond goby until your tank is established. Hawkfish are pretty beginner friendly. A hawkfish can do well 
for most beginners, a flame hawk, arc eye, whatever hawkfish fills your fancy, they'll do good for you. Let's see, certain tangs are good for beginners. I'd say the Zebrasoma species are good. I personally recommend a sailfin tang or a scopus or a yellow. Those are the probably the uh, beginner-friendly tangs. I'd possibly stay clear of the blue hippo tangs. The blue hippo tangs are ick magnets, and I'd stay away from them until you learned how to quarantine saltwater fish properly. Trigger fish are beginner-friendly. I'd recommend a blue jaw trigger or a Niger trigger to a beginner. Um, if you're going with an aggressive tank, I'd recommend a Picasso. They are pretty easy to keep. Puffer fish are easy to keep. They just need a large aquarium. Same thing as the triggers. They need a large aquarium. Dog face puffers, porcupine puffers, I'd recommend. Uh, the thing with puffers and triggers, though, is they're going to eat a lot, so they're going to produce a lot of waste. So you're going to need to do a lot of water changes and keep up on the water quality. Eels are great for beginners. All the eels are good, I think. There may be a few of the delicate species out there, but if you do your research on the eel you want, you should be able to see if uh, it is easy to take care of or not. Um, let's see, what's another good beginner fish? I'll, I'll tell you for sure, dragonettes, the mandarin dragonettes, they are not a beginner fish because they eat live copepods and they need them to survive. The only dragonette I would possibly recommend to a beginner is one that is eating frozen foods and you'd have to see that dragonette eating frozen foods. But the rarity of a dragonette that's eating only frozen foods is one in a million. So dragonettes are certainly not beginner fish. Maybe once you get experience and you have copods in your tank, you can get a dragonette. Uh, let's see, what else is a good beginner fish? Some dwarf angels are uh, intermediate, but if a beginner's tank is established, I can see uh, a dwarf angel doing well, like a flame or a bicolor. Or, uh, but I personally recommend a coral beauty as a uh, beginning dwarf angel. Also, uh, some large angels may be okay for beginners. So those are just some of the fish that I think are good beginning fish. Now, let's talk about good beginning saltwater inverts. Snails are good. Any of the snails are good beginning inverts. Um, cleaner shrimp and fire shrimp are good. Lobsters are good. And I don't know too much about inverts, so I'm going to stop right there. But I will say your tank needs to be fully cycled before you add any inverts to your aquarium. Alright, that's all of my fish topics for tonight's show. I'm going to take my second and final commercial break right now, and when I come back, I'm going to wrap up the show. I just got a couple of announcements, so don't go anywhere, folks. Hey guys, Jeremy Soren of Boston City Radio. I invite you to check out Boston City Radio, the talk show where I interview local guests and people of interest in businesses. 
Also, Boston City Music, where we have local artists that are up and coming. And Boston City Radio Jobs. And we also have Boston City Radio at YouTube. So check us out. Thank you very much. On Facebook at Boston City Radio, Boston City Radio Music Hour, and Boston City Radio Jobs on Facebook. Thanks, guys. Bye. Would you like to see my personal fish tank? Would you like to see my 120-gallon saltwater display aquarium? Then check out my YouTube channel called 2016 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a historic event for the American Variety Network. It's a milestone. Many people believe the host of American Variety Network, Alex Cardinelli, would never achieve. June 26th, the American Variety Network celebrates its 350th episode. And you, the wonderful listeners, are invited to attend. Co-hosting this special celebration will be friend of Alex, supporter of American Variety Network, Jeremy Stellhorn. We're going to have some wonderful special guests, including someone who is an advocate for those with mental health, a country musician, and more. Plus, there'll be tropical fish chat, cooking chat, and more. So listeners of the American Variety Network, come celebrate our historic 350th episode on Sunday, June 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 5 Pacific. Americans, can you believe that 4th of July is quickly approaching? What are you going to be doing on the 4th of July? Well, one thing you should be doing is tuning into the American Variety Network's Independence Day Fest. That's right, Alice Cardinelli, Jeremy Stellhorn, and the American Variety Network are going to be hosting the second annual American Variety Network 4th of July Fest, where there will be food talk, there will be some fun American talk, and more. Celebrate 4th of July by tuning into the American Variety Network 4th of July Extravaganza live on the 4th of July at 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Before you have your Independence Day barbecues, join the American Variety Network. Calling all Android and iPhone users. The American Variety Network now has an app that you can download. On this app, you can listen to any of our over 300 episodes of the American Variety Network. You can watch American Variety Network YouTube videos and see the posts that are made on our Facebook page with the latest show news and more. 
download the American Variety Network app, simply go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and search American Variety Network and click download. You are going to enjoy this app as you can listen to any of our podcasts on the go or watch our videos. Download our app, American Variety Network, and enjoy. All right, so I'm getting ready to wrap up this show, but before I do that, I have a couple of announcements that I'm going to make. The first announcement is I'd like to plug some awesome Facebook fish groups that I think listeners of this show should check out. The first group is called Christian Aquarium Hobbyists. This is a group for anyone out there that is Christian or Catholic, and they have an aquarium. I think you should join this group because there's a bunch of wonderful members who have aquariums, and they talk fish, and they share pictures of their fish. So please feel free to join that group and interact and share pictures of your fish. The next group that I would like to share is for any of my freshwater listeners out there. The name of this group is Freshwater Fish Maniacs, and this is a group that my friend Donovan Barger is one of the admins and owner of. It's a really great group, so definitely go check that out. Another group that I really like is, I think it's called Tank Boss. And they allow me to post my show there. So definitely check that group out as well. Saltwater Aquarium Keepers is another great group on Facebook. You should check that out. New England Freshwater and Saltwater Aquariums is a great group for anyone living in New England. Also another amazing uh, group is called Marine Fishkeeping for Beginners. You're going to learn a lot of amazing stuff in there if you are a beginner in the marine section of the hobby. So thank you for all those wonderful uh, Facebook fishkeeping groups for allowing me to post the aquatic wetline. I definitely appreciate it. Please like my fan page, Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook. I would appreciate your like. I'm going to be posting fish profiles and fish information on that page. I'm also going to post updates on what the next episode of the Aquatic Wetline is going to be. Also, please feel free to join my fan group, American Variety Network fan group on Facebook as well. And don't forget you can download the American Variety Network app on your smartphone, your Android, or your iPhone. And that way you can listen to my cooking show, my talk show, and this show. Search American Variety Network in the Google Play Store and the Apple Play Store. Also, I would like to recommend that you guys check out Blue Zoo Aquatics for your saltwater needs. They've got amazing saltwater livestock, such as awesome saltwater fish, 
corals and inverts. They also have a variety of saltwater equipment. This month I bought a very nice yellow belly dog face puffer and a Picasso trigger and they came in at a perfect size with plenty of coloration. So I heavily recommend Blue Zoo Aquatics. So saltwater keepers, definitely check them out. And last but not least, I'm going to give a plug for my friend Jeremy Stellhorn's business that he's working with, Aquatic Treasures in Illinois. I know that they have a lot of saltwater fish, so you definitely want to check them out. For more information on Aquatic Treasures, please feel free to contact Jeremy Stellhorn on his personal Facebook or email him at BlossomCityRadio at Yahoo.com. Next Friday's episode of Aquatic Wetline is going to be a freshwater lecture. I cannot wait to hold a freshwater lecture live next Friday here on Aquatic Wetline. Fish keepers, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your listen. Thank you very much. It means a lot to me. I want you to have a great rest of your weekend. And remember, enjoy your fish. Thank you for listening to the Aquatic Wetline, the one and only fish keeping podcast, hosted by a sincere fish keeper for you, the sincere fish keepers. This is the Aquatic Wetline on American Variety Network. I am your host, Aqua Alice Cardinelli, and you've been listening to Aquatic Wetline. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Variety Network. We really appreciate your listen. Feel free to download our app on the Google Play Store and the Apple Play Store. American Variety Network. Good night, everyone.